glad to have you on this Tuesday. It's been a fun Tuesday. It's been a busy Tuesday around here. We've got a lot of things on the table. First of all, some really big moments in the Chiefs Raider game last night. Uh, another Fugazi roughing the passer call <laughs> that got everybody pretty fired up. Uh, of course, the Chiefs, most notably, because it gave Derek Carr a brand new set of downs and some life. Uh, of course, we have, you know, more, I guess the shorthand is to just call it analytics. It feels like it's kind of lazy to do that, but more just questionable coaching decisions, and especially Josh McDaniels deciding to go for two rather than kick the point after. Uh, even though he had four and a half minutes left to go in the game. Of course, Raiders end up losing. We've got the Cowboys on the table for you. Perloff thinks that they should, that he'd rather see Dak Prescott as an Eagles fan. We got Eagles Cowboys this weekend. He thinks that the Cowboys are more dangerous with Cooper Rush than they would be with Dak Prescott coming off of a hand injury. I think that's silly. All right, let's get to our next guest here. And we're so happy for him because first of all, we enjoy his writing so much, but secondly, he's got a new book out. It's called The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. Tyler Dunn, of course, Go Long, joins us now. Ty, thanks so much for the time today. Congrats on the book. Hey, th- thank you so much. I appreciate that intro, and yeah, it's great to finally uh, get here. The, the timing couldn't be more perfect with all of these asinine flags <laughs> and just the NFL getting so unbelievably soft uh, that the need to save this sport oh. is is very real so I, I thank roger and the 32 owners for you know overly sanitizing the sport that we love right now oh i thought you were going to talk about the fact that nobody will cover mark andrews or travis, travis kelsey, kelsey. <laughs> any circumstance. they like there's a no cover rule uh, <laughs> those two I tight ends are literally you, saving their teams yeah, yeah. i've never seen two teams more tight end dependent on my life than them what's going on there buddy it's so true i mean it's, it, it has been that way for decades, for eras. And it, to, to see the NFL become so uh, tight end centric, I, th- I think with Travis Kelsey, with Tony Gonzalez, with Rob Gronkowski, with George Kittle, with Ben Coates, every single tight end from every single era would then tell you, then pay us. The money we deserve. I mean, it's the most underpaid position, uh, which lends itself to a, a whole different conversation about the psychology there. But you're right. I mean, they do it all. I mean, they block. They catch passes down the field. They run people over. It's the sport distilled to one position. And, I mean, until you just make this thing flag, it, it, it's alive and well right there at the tight end. Ty Dunn is our guest. He's the author of The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. Let's go back to your original point, though, though, about what we saw in the game last night and sort of this overall trend, Ty, about you said, like, sanitizing the game here. And it's tough because we kind of have two different things going on in the NFL right now. We have these roughing the passer calls, which I think everyone can admit is, you know, maybe gone too far, right? Where you almost feel bad for these defensive ends and these defensive guys who are just trying to do their job and they're getting flagged. But then we have a whole other separate issue. And that's what happened with the concussion protocol and Tua and the lapses there that led to some scary scenes. Like we all want the game safer, I think we'll say, but we don't want to see egregious roughing the passer calls. Like I think we're kind of conflating these two these two conversations into one when they're actually two separate conversations. I, I totally agree. You know, where the NFL, what, what they really should do, I mean, all of the owners, all of the suits on Park Avenue, everybody in charge, just be honest, right? Just be honest. Stop blasting us in the face with infomercials telling us it's a safe game. Stop putting these Mars Attack-style padded helmets over guys in training camp. 
I mean, the brain is inside of a skull. It's jiggling around. You can try to make helmets safer. You used the right word there, Maggie. I mean, it can be safer, but it will never be inherently safe because the sport is inherently dangerous. It's violent. There's risk involved when you decide to play football. It's, you know, I think like, you know, something illegal, an illegal hit, when you know it, you know it. When you see it, you see it. If it's Jack Kadem over the middle of the field decapitating somebody, if it's James Harrison just lighting up was a Bahamut massacre on the cover of SI, like, you just know. And I feel like we've gotten to this point of overcorrection that football is changing before our eyes. And if the league just was honest and, you know, it, hey, it, guess what? It's violent. If you want to play, there's a risk involved. When guys sign up, they know by and large what they're getting into. And, you know, in my book, Ben Coates is probably the tight end hurting the most right now later in life. We hung out at his home in North Carolina. Um, he ran people over. He blocked Drew Smith, Reggie White, Morris Taylor. I mean, the guy did it all. And he struggles getting around the house. I mean, getting upstairs is a challenge for Ben Coates. You know, he needs other people to drive him around. And at the end of our conversation, he made it very clear he would do it all over again. So it, it might sound, I think, a little callous, a little rough around the edges, but I, I do think that that's what makes football different. That's why we watch. I mean, these are gladiators out there. They're, they're, this is a profession unlike any in the world. I, I think the NFL at some point, unless they just want to put flags in guys, the NFL has to own it, and they, they don't really own it anymore. Well, Ty, I think the maybe the, the better question is, Moving forward, is there a way that we can still enjoy this sport and if it's going to be the NFL football that we love and we can still have a, a place where someone like Ben Coates doesn't need help getting around, where he is able to enjoy his later life? Like, Can we have both? Can we strive for a future where both can exist? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't. I think it's – and there are a lot of retirees that are doing great. I mean, honestly, hey, we hung out with him for this book. Jackie Smith, I mean, he shined through the 60s for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, he, he had as much of a part of the evolution of this position as, as anybody. I mean, he's 80, in his mid-80s. We're hanging out at the bar. He pops up, and he's reenacting routes he ran, you know? Mm-hmm. He's doing great. I mean, he exercises every day. So, I, I get it. I've written plenty on, on both sides. I mean, there are players who are absolutely hurting uh, l- later in life. I just think that it's a work hazard that is incumbent upon the employee to, to accept or not. Look, it's, hey, a lot of us play football back in the day, right? In Pop Warner, you kind of realize, is this for me or is this not for me? It's for a lot of guys, and it's not for a lot of guys, I guess. Weren't you, nervous? Okay. Weren't you nervous with Jackie Smith that if you hand him a beer, he was going to drop it? Because No, oh, I'm kidding. Boy. You know, oh, I don't even oh, remember man. that. I just know oh. he's a great player. We would, we never even saw Jackie Smith play, but we know he dropped one with the cow. Anyway, I'm sure he was That's great. Everybody should get the book, right? We get into yeah. all that. It, it affected him for decades, man. Yeah. It, it really did on, on a deep level. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. Oh, I guess that joke was not I, Jeez, wrong God. audience. Wrong audience. Good grief. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> Way to just pick the scab. This guy probably had to go through hours and hours of therapy just to get over it. There was a great stat last night when – when Kelsey caught his fourth touchdown, it was the most touchdowns in a game by a tight end since former Eagle Jimmy Giles, a name I haven't heard since I was five years old. Uh, I bet you don't remember Jimmy Giles, Ty? J- Jimmy Giles didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Yeah. No. We, maybe yeah. it, and it's an extended cut. We'll have to catch up with so, in the Jimmy world there. Let's get back to some uh, general NFL topics as well. We're talking to Tyler Dunn, whose newest book, The Blood and Guts, How Tight End Save Football. Maggie and I argue a lot about fourth 
fourth down and two point conversions. Yep. Now I consider myself an analytics guy, even though I don't know the slightest thing about analytics. <laughs> you just like the way it sounds. I just like I just like the nerds taking over football in general. Uh, you know, you're talking about blood and guts. How about a little <laughs> Ivy League pedigree here? Uh, I do think. How about graph paper and calculator? Yeah, I do think that Brandon Staley gets a little bit of an unfair rap. Because if he converts that fourth and two on Sunday, the Chargers coach, and they go on to beat the Browns, then I don't think he's getting all the criticism he does. They won the game anyway, but I feel like we still play the results a little bit on those kinds of decisions. What do you think? I just like it when a co- coach is consistent, right? He, he, he's going to do his thing, <laughs> and that's admirable. doesn't always work out, right? We, we've seen it go south for Brett Staley. A few times, but at least he's, he's consistent. You you know that he's going to make a decision with, with conviction. And I mean, not to go the other direction, but I think that's maybe the, the root of Nathaniel Hackett's issues, right? Like where he, he isn't consistent. He's attempting this long field goal one week, and then the next, it's you know a tight end option followed by a penalty, filed followed by a punt instead of that field goal. It's we just kind of want to know where you stand as an NFL head coach, and I think like. You stay, if you stand on something, it's usually going to pan out. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on the Chargers, and it all—they've got the quarterback, they've got a coach who, who knows what he's doing. I, I have a good feeling things will work out for them. And well, I don't know if everyone thinks he knows what he's doing, but they definitely have the quarterback. We're talking with Ty Dunn. Yeah, we saw Matt Rule get fired, first coach fired by the Carolina Panthers. I don't think that was a really big surprise. But who do you think there's other coaches who are in danger, Ty, of getting fired midseason? Certainly not in Dallas. I mean, I really thought the Cowboys might crater without Dak Prescott, and lo and behold. Um, they went. They went the other direction, right? Those Packer teams when they lost Aaron Rodgers, they just kind of went south. I mean, Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, they're doing something right. So I think it says a lot about his coaching and, and their coaching as a staff. I mean Denver, right? Not, not to belabor the point, but they're going to have to show some type of progress. And it's not all on on Nate Hackett. Russell Wilson, he looked like a washed quarterback last week, I and mean, he was just missing wide open receivers. Obviously, I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about it. Uh, but he's the one making a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is in complete command and complete control of the situation in Denver. So it, it could get to that point where somebody, you know, has to fall on it, and, and, and that somebody's going to be the, the coach. And um, Russell Wilson will have that say. Hey, they made that deal that Seattle got to a point where they're a little tired of Russell Wilson kind of having carte blanche or desiring carte blanche behind the scenes in so many different ways. He's got it in Denver. So um, I, I think until they get to a point where they could even think about getting out of that contract if they wanted to, it, it, it's kind of got to be through that Russell lens, for better or worse. Okay, Tyler, which is more surprising to you, how good the NFC East is or how not good the AFC West is right now? i got to go AFC West, and I want to be optimistic with the NFC East because – Gosh, I just love Brian Dayball and, and how he's turned around that team. It's, I mean, they were in such a bad place last December. It's, it's hard to fathom that they're even competitive in games. And what they did in London against Green Bay, that, that's, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that's probably the, the Giants' biggest win in a decade. Just, <laughs> who saw that coming with that <laughs> roster? Um, but the AFC West, like, geez, I, I've used this comp before. I mean, it really has been, like, the finale of Game of Thrones, that whole last season. We're all jacked up for this <laughs> unbelievable, epic oh. season. 
and it's just trash. I mean, we can't even see the Battle of Winterfell, and you got <laughs> somebody flying through the air, just taking out the Night King. I mean, we don't even know who the Night King is or was or what his purpose, and he goes down that easy like a chump. That's kind of the AFC West. All these teams just going down. Like, weren't you supposed to be tougher and bigger and better than this? And and then I don't know. I don't know who Brand is in this equation. Yeah, yeah the Ice Dragon. Not- I don't know. I, I, but I'm. We should just do a whole show on this. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what's the equivalent of Brand becoming the king at the end? Would that be Derek Carr winning a All Super of a Bowl? Wins a yeah, Super Bowl. I, I don't know what what the. Uh, yeah, I, to I me. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about are the Raiders are one and four. But they still feel like we think they're a good team, though. <laughs> Is it possible they turn this around? It's it's possible. I mean, we'll see what happens with Devontae Adams, right? Unless, God, punishment went down while we're talking here. He, they're so reliant on, on him that you need him on the field, and we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm not going to write anybody off in that division because we, we've seen teams start one and four and claw their way back, and, and they, they looked like a good football team last night. Uh, they just got Mahomes, and a lot of teams do. I mean, you just you lose to the best quarterback on the planet. Um, w- what can you do? And obviously, there's some bad coaching, some questionable decisions, all of that. But they seem talented enough to still string some wins together. So I, I, I wouldn't completely bail on the Raiders. Ty Dunn joining us. He's the author of The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. Last question for me, Ty, and you're based in Buffalo and uh, in western New York. You do a show with Isaiah McKenzie. So you know, you're plugged in with the Bills. What do you make of some of the rumors about them potentially trying to trade for Christian McCaffrey or like Boomer Esiason here in New York was talking about maybe Saquon Barkley? I think maybe that ship has sailed. But do you think the Bills are going to be swinging for a big name at the trade deadline? I do. I do. I think that's those those two names absolutely are going to be in conversation because this is the team going. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, they've got a window. They did, they did pay Josh Allen. I guess the, the big-time money on that contract hasn't kicked in yet, and when it does, it's a little tougher to just go shopping like they have been. But you've got a window. You've got Diggs in his prime, Gabe Davis emerging, Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, and you've got some good backs. I mean, Devin Singletary, I mean, he's solid. James Cook has some promise. But if you've got a shot at Christian McCaffrey, at Saquon Barkley, I don't think that Brandon Bean is going to have any problem throwing draft capital at either one of those players because – they sure as heck threw a lot of money at Von Miller when other teams weren't willing to go that far. I mean, a guy in his mid-30s that relies on agility off the edge. And you look at his draft class, a lot of those other guys that were studs, they, they, they've washed out of the league completely. So, but he's playing well. So I think if the, if the risk is calculated, if it's smart, um, they're going to go for it. And why not in New York? We'll see what happens with the Giants if they can stay in the race. If they do, of course they're not going to trade Saquon Barkley. But if they're teetering if they want to get something for him and they don't want to pay him i think that buffalo would at least make that that move to nay and they know they, right they know joe shane they know brian dable that relationship is there sorry i have to jump in for both of you josh allen does everything in buffalo he runs the ball he passes the ball yeah. why are you gonna let christian he mccaffrey the sit chicken there and, fingers what up is christian in the mccaffrey sweets? yeah what what is mccaffrey or barkley gonna do on this team i've never seen a more qb centric team aren't you afraid of screwing that up a little bit i i don't know that you need to change anything in buffalo 
maybe that's what they should do to an extent, though. They're so – I hate to be that guy, like, criticizing a team that's just embarrassing everybody. But if you're going to nitpick something, I mean, you don't want your your quarterback making this much money that an MVP frontrunner taking this many shots. I, I don't know. If you, if you can hand the ball off to a back a little bit more – um, that I would think that's going to help Josh Allen. That that definitely surprised me that he has taken off as a runner this much this early in the season. I thought they do what they did last year, where they kind of unleashed him as a runner late in the season when they absolutely had to win to get into the dance. Um, but I guess the way they look at it, hey, he's got this superpower. Why would you neuter it, right? Why would you just take this element away from Josh Allen's game? And it's hard to argue with that logic. Ty, I can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Congratulations again on the book. You can pre-order it now. The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. We love your writing. Obviously, your Substack with Go Long. It's available for everybody. Uh, it's awesome. And thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Ty. Oh, no, th- thank you, guys. You guys are the best. Th- thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Going around the league there a little bit with Ty Dunn. Yeah, I mean, we got a, a lot going on. In the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah. The whole Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey thing, though, for the Bills, like, for my for my benefit, like, my point of view, what kind of draft capital are you talking about here? Because you're not going to pay these guys, right? Like, Saquon Barkley's in a contract year. You're not going to pay Saquon Barkley to be part of your team. So it's this a is, rental. This is a rental. So second round pick? I don't know. I kind of feel like the way the Bills have been drafting, they they do a great job drafting. I don't know if yeah. they want to give up a second yeah, round. Yeah, I don't. I was a legitimate question. I don't know how they fit into that offense. I don't think Barkley does. Barkley is such, the type of running style he has, which is like just real boomer bust. You know, like he can like break off and have long touchdowns, and that's great. But a lot of times it's like, you know, tackle behind the line of scrimmage, yeah. stuff like that. That's not exactly what they need. The Bills don't have a problem with explosive plays. They have tons of explosive plays. They need the grind-out guy who can right. get you two yards. And Barkley needs a lot of touches to get those explosive yep. plays. So and you don't want to take the ball out of Gabe Davis looks awesome. And now he does. Stephon Diggs is awesome. I think it's a matter of, you know, taking – you're adding something, but you're taking away other things. I, do you need these guys? Come on, you don't. Need no, them. I think this is maybe a bit of a convenient storyline coming out of Carolina or coming out of New York to just try to see if they can get a little bit of a market going for some of these guys. Oh, I like but that. the more yeah, the Giants like start that. to win, I don't know how you can trade Barkley away. Yeah, yeah I know. They're going to be in the NFC title game. They can't give away at this point. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, okay. Maggie and Perloff coming up is one NFL contender about to add a Pro Bowler. We will talk about that a little bit more. Plus, coming up. Do we believe it? One of our favorite games to play around here. We separate fact from friction. We will do that in just a minute. It is Maggie and Perloff, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Don't move. We're back in a minute. We're back on Maggie and Perloff. Still sorting out some of the odd plays and the odd decisions, the odd calls from last night. Right now, as we speak, you know down the street of Park Avenue, they're trying to figure out this roughing the passer. Because they have one thing to do in the NFL office, that's protect their quarterbacks, but they don't want to embarrass themselves, and they find themselves in this completely odd situation right now. I think what everyone wants is obviously the game to be as safe as it can possibly be, but we also want everyone to be able to do their job. Like, Chris Jones should be able to make a play. He should be rewarded for that. We should laud him for how he got to the quarterback last night, stripped the ball out of his hands, and then like tried kind of like not to land on him as much as you could possibly 
do that, and instead he gets flagged for 15 yards, right? Yeah. Like, we don't want the quarterbacks to get unnecessarily hurt or anyone to get unnecessarily hurt, but you do want the defensive guys to be able to also, like, be a factor. Right. And, and then, that's where the problem is. And the other problem, the irony is these plays where Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson escapes from five would-be sackers and throws the ball downfield or these big wow plays – well, you know what? That guy couldn't really throw him down anyway. It's, a, it's an impossible situation for the defense, which I don't think the NFL really cares about necessarily. No, I don't think they, they just, care about the defense at all. They don't care about the defense, and I guess maybe there's no reason for them, but they don't want to get embarrassed. And also, people are betting on these games. If Atlanta hadn't covered on that game, that might have been a little bit messy. No, there's a whole element to that. Let's go to the phones, 855-212-4CBS. Brett's in Arizona. Wants to talk about roughing the passer. Hey, Brett, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Good. Good to talk. I, I've listened to your show recently. Since you guys moved to this time slot, you're great. I love oh, thank it. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Brett. Yeah. Uh, about the roughing the Patrick thing, you know, that's a, it's a risk that quarterbacks take. These guys are making millions of dollars a year. They, they, they're, they know they're taking that risk. And those defensive players deserve to try and make a play, too. It was clear last night that he tried to hold himself up and not hurt that quarterback. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some kind of balance here, you know, and these guys getting hurt and talking about, you know, after their, after their career is over and, and, and the, the pain they go through. And it just made me think I was a professional test driver for Ford motor company. And I drove big rigs. My body's destroyed from that. Nobody's on the news or on a sports show talking about how much my body went through. I'm Wait, Brett, you were a test driver. What does that mean? You, what 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 I do you mean like drove prototype cars that didn't that weren't on the market yet? Oh, and you, did you have cars to like like uh, the crash test dummy type of stuff like into a wall? Nothing like that, right? I, I never had to crash into a wall, but I uh, I did lots of stuff like water ingestion, where you crash into three feet of water doing sixty miles an hour. Oof, that'll that'll, that'll get your attention. <laughs> yeah. I I would imagine. Yikes! Yeah. What's the craziest thing you ever had to do? Was it running into the water? No, actually, I craziest thing I ever had to do was uh, Australians were complaining that the Ford Rangers were breaking uh, shock absorbers and control arms while they were hunting kangaroos. So, <laughs> so we built this huge fake river on our proving ground because that's what they were doing. They were driving across rivers at high speeds. And so we had to drive across this river that was about 50 feet wide at the top 25 feet wide at the bottom and about 20 feet wide or 20 feet wide at the bottom and about eight feet deep and i had to drive across that at 45 miles an hour did you also have to hunt a kangaroo while you were doing it i didn't have to hunt the kangaroo but man i'll tell you what there wasn't much left of the ranger when i was done (laughs) oh boy not to get into the supply to me how many is this a big market? These Australian kangaroo hunters? Like, I mean, I no offense, so, but I, you're talking about seventy people. Build a fake river. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. Wow. I mean, are there Ford executives sitting around like, listen, if we if we lose the kangaroo hunters, then who knows what's next? <laughs> then the whole company's going under. Butter. That's our bread and butter, not. You know, not uh, middle-aged dads, but yeah. the kangaroo Going hunters to soccer practice. and outback. I just yeah. think, like, Brett, who who gives you that, like, the, the order state? It's like, all right, well, it's Wednesday, everybody clock in. And today we are going to be simulating the outback. We're going to be hunting kangaroos. Like, is that an email you get? or? No, actually, I was just that. I, the engineers that designed these tests, I, 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 they, they liked the way I drove, and so they always came to me and asked me to do them. Man, 
Well, I guess that's an honor. I'm sorry that your your body took a beating there, Brett. I, we really are. We hope you feel better. But uh, yeah. And I wasn't making six figures a year, you know. I know. Unfortunately, it always goes that way, right? Well, thank you so much right. for the call. Don't be a stranger. That's a good story. I didn't even know that yeah. was a job. No, I mean I've heard of crash test dummies. Yeah, but that's not people. Right, but you always assume there were some people that they were trying out or some of that stuff on. I'm glad that they don't go that far. Now, have you ever been to Australia? I have not. Have you? No, I haven't, but I imagine that's hard on cars. I drive Please two- don't do the accent. No, I thought no, no. that's where this was going. <laughs> no, no, it's no. like, don't do the Cam Smith again. You're terrible at it. I was just trying to picture myself driving the 2018 <laughs> Honda Accord Hybrid <laughs> across the Outback. Can you imagine testing my car? I mean, Pull I can up. barely been... get along straight streets, let alone. <laughs> I've been with you, and we, could, we couldn't find our way out of the giant stadium parking lot. Oh. And it took like an extra 20 minutes. I doubt we'd be able to ever go through the yeah, Outback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask him. I'm like, how the shit? Uh, have you ever tested an 18 <laughs> Accord. Every time, and by the way, one with the, the bumpers all dented up. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> did we talk about that on the show? I can't remember. Yes, we did. But, yeah, a little fender bender. It's all right. Everyone's fine. Yeah, I mean, but again, you said you're just leaving it. <laughs> I am leaving it. So I drove up to the body shop, and they looked at my car. And I said, do you think I need to get work done? Is this going to rust? They're like, which dent are you talking about? <laughs> and then they they actually looked at me. They're like, they're going to be honest. They, they looked at me. I don't even know if you want us to work on this car. It's too far gone. It's not but New it. York is like that. I know. Well, you, at, usually if you ask a woman, would you like to do, do you want to get some work done? It's not about yeah. the car. It's like uh, nose. I don't know. I, Cheeks. Um, I saw what? you driving. We haven't talked about your new whip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about my car? Yeah, this thing is. Uh, I'm all this thing, by the way, as bad as the Accord would do on the Outback, this thing would do far worse. Far worse. Uh, yeah, uh, got a, a new car. We have a, a regular gas car and uh, needed another car for commuting purposes, and decided to go all electric. Like so, Tesla. Bob Dylan. Oh, you got a Tesla? No, we didn't get a Tesla. Oh, uh, oh man. Yeah, we're not Tesla. We're not going like that. Well, uh, <laughs> we got a Chevy Bolt. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you what, this thing <laughs> <Sensible>. is <gonna, laughs> It's a 2023 fresh off the factory. Uh this thing got it has some zip. Like you make fun of it that it's a Chevy Bolt. You called it a Leaf the other day. Yeah. It's it's all electric. We plug it in like in the garage. I'm like, oh, I got to go plug the car in now." Yeah, which is yeah. kind of funny, but it's got a little zip. I'm yeah. okay. I'm on the I'm on the highway. I'm dusting, folks. Now I don't have an electric car, but I am aware that you plug them into the wall yeah. and that they go fast really quickly. <laughs> it's just funny to me that it's, it's, that we plug the car in at night. Yeah. My point is, if you're driving the Outback, <laughs> you have a, no, an no all-electric, you're giving me the yes, fist Yes, it's bump. the greatest thing ever. You have a Tesla, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, just, you went you, for the high-end yeah, model. Well, not really the high. I have the lowest-end model. But it's great, though. You, you drive by the gas station, you all at suckers. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done that yet, but it must. <laughs> I could. I could feeling. if I wanted to. But the reason you have the zip is because there's no transfer of the gas. It's just straight electric. It's but. really fancy too. It's got like this whole big Yeah, it's awesome. Like um, you know, it's basically like a TV in there. So, Ak, you don't drive it in the city much though, do yeah. you? You do drive it. Yeah. Well, and what you do guys, you think I drive it? Aren't yeah, you guys worried you about... Axe going to the Outback in Australia, going kangaroo hunting with the Aren't breath? you guys worried about driving and parking these nice electric cars in the city? I I think you're going to get them banged up. It could. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, a parking garage banged up my car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because that's what happens to every other car in New York City. I mean, that's just the risk you take when you drive in a city. 
Right, that's why you have a beat up 2018 <laughs> Honda Accord. Oh my gosh, we had I see that logic. We had a beat up uh like it was it was a great car, but we had like a a Nissan um the small ones. I can't remember, but Oh, it, that Nissan. You know, it was missing the front uh like there's nothing worse on a car than what's just missing the front um you know, not the, the bumper. No, 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 the windshield. <laughs> no, that's the, called a convertible. The logo. Oh, that's so. <laughs> it looks so not good. Ghetto. Like the whole grill or just the logo? What's that? The whole grill or just the logo? No, just like the logo. It was just missing that, and it was so. It was embarrassing once because my husband came to pick me up, like from an appearance where I was appearing as part of like a radio thing. Oh yeah. And like all these people are leaving, and they're like super nice cars. And my husband came up, and we have like things falling off. Like oh, you yeah. don't understand. We park it in New York City. That's what I'm saying. You don't have a nice car. This nice Chevy Bolt. I want you to take care of it. Just be careful in the city. <laughs> Thank you. Don't park it anywhere it in is, the city. I never thought we'd buy an all-electric car, but I, I do like it. It's the greatest thing ever. It really is great. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of with, with Ack on this one. The only thing we haven't figured out, though, is like if we want to go on a trip that's more than 275 miles, which is about what we get, well, then usually, you'd well, have to plug it in and you'd have to wait. Well, usually what they want you to do, and I don't know how Chevy is, is drive. There there are charging stations. And like the, yeah. if, you, if you're in the Northeast, at least, I don't know what it's like elsewhere, but they have those like gas stations and rest stops. Usually one of those rest stops will have a supercharger. Right. So it'll take maybe 20 minutes, depending. But they want you to go as far as you possibly can on it. To then fill it back up. Right. So, like, I went to a wedding in my hometown over the weekend. Like, we had to take our gas car because we didn't want to mess around that we'd be late or something like that with the electric car. So. Well, Chevy might have something where, like, I don't know, like, what your car is like, but if there's, a, like, a navigation system in it. Yeah. Chevy might have, like, a program to where yes, you, can you do put that. in the coordinates, it'll show you where all the charges are on, along the way. One thing, we're not calling them gas cars now, by the way. They're called cars. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand. I, distinguish. I, I understand I'm in a room with electric cars, which is awesome, <laughs> but we're not going to start calling them gas cars. <laughs> You're driving your Model T over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Step I, into the future, Pearl off sheesh. Yeah, you know? I'd, love to, I'd love to have an electric car, but, uh, you know, these Teslas ain't cheap. <laughs> no, that's why we... <laughs> and not only that, I probably park on the street. I couldn't really plug anywhere. That would be a problem. It might be a problem for you. Yeah. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, right. We were supposed to do Do You Believe It There? But Brett was so interesting. I didn't realize that was a job, that you could test out models of cars that never make it to, uh, to the market. <laughs> Learn something new around here. Uh, coming up, the biggest question facing one NFL quarterback. We've got that for you. Time for a CBS Sports update. Here's Rich Jack. Welcome back, Maggie and Perloff. Sorry about that. <laughs> no music this time? Yeah, I got a little... Uh, where's, right. our, where's our music? A little cold there open. There we are. All right. Oh, yeah. Or maybe I wasn't hearing the music. Anyway. Oh, okay. So, last night, there was a play where the Chiefs were in the red zone and everyone in the world knew it was going to Travis Kelsey. The yes. announcer even said they're obviously going to be looking at Kelsey here. So the last thing the Raiders will do is let Kelsey be wide open. So what happens on the play? Mahomes rolls a little bit, tosses up a little soft pass that I could have thrown. Wide open Travis Kelsey, fourth touchdown of the night. It reminded me of a joke that I love from our guy Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. So Sandler... You, I saw an interview. He had one home run joke in his stand-up routine, and it's actually the joke that got him hired at SNL, and it's about the night that Will Chamberlain scored 100 points. It's a series of jokes. I want to play it because I think you'll love this, Maggie. Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in one basketball game? That's a lot of points, you know? Huh? It's the NBA record. 100 points. 
Whew. Uh, here's my impression of the four other guys on the team with Wilt during a timeout. <clears throat> I'm open. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Pass the ball, man. My family's here. <laughs> I got them good seats, man. Running up and down the court. They think I'm on a track team. I'm on a basketball team like you. I used to practice. I was, I'm good. Just like you. You got 94 points already. Ed has two. That's because you bounced it off his head. Share the wealth. You are so good. <laughs> then he did an impersonation of the coach gets to the huddle and the opposing coach goes, uh, hey, who's got Wilt? <laughs> I don't know why that joke always tickles me. Last night it was like, who's... Uh, yeah, who's going to cover Kelsey here? Uh, anybody got Travis Kelsey? What's going on here? Because he was so wide open. He didn't have that many yards, but it's strange when the crowd is smarter than the coaches, when everyone knows that the balls go to Travis Kelsey. I don't know yeah. what to make of that, too, because I actually yeah. thought that the defensive coordinator for the Raiders was, you know, this guy Patrick Graham. That was a pretty sharp guy. But it was rough last night. But, yeah, the weird thing about Kelsey, seven receptions for 25 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. (laughs) Explain that. They were all pretty good, too. It's hard to describe. He's an electric player. But the Chiefs don't don't seem that hard to solve right now. Maybe I'm being naive. Feels like there's no Tyreek Hill. That means only one Hall of Fame weapon is there. Don't you kind of bracket Travis Kelsey in the red zone and make somebody else score a touchdown? There were 10 guys who caught passes last night. Yeah, but how many of them were touchdowns? Well, Kelsey scored them all, so right. none. It was yeah. only Kelsey scoring the touchdowns, but like Valdez Scantling had six receptions for 90 yards, Hardman four for 73, Juju yeah. three for 33, Kelsey, Edwards, Lair, McKinnon, like everyone was kind of involved in the passing game. Yeah, but I don't really trust MVS. He's, I think he had a drop last night too. He's He's got a history of drops. And McCall Hardman, that's never really worked out the way it was supposed to. They, they addressed that on... The telecast last night, he's never, he's the only guy who doesn't have perfect chemistry with Mahomes. So I don't know. Well, it's just make someone besides Kelsey beat you. It's funny, too, about Juju because he had eight targets last night, but only three catches yeah. for 33 yards. Like he was kind of a little bit quiet. But listen, everyone knew it was going to Kelsey. They couldn't stop him. As a Bills fan who has lost to the Chiefs in a variety of ways, including uh, by the hand of Travis Kelsey, it is, it is tough. You, you think that there's these, you know, ways to stop him, and he's so good. Well, I think you need multiple weapons. I think the Bills are now have that, because obviously Diggs is the main West weapon, right? Yeah. But Gabe Davis showed on Sunday, he's so dangerous. Good and number two. McKenzie's a pretty good slot guy. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the whole offense revolves around Stephon Diggs. Where you see other teams, the whole Rams offense is Cooper Cup. Yep. It's Cooper Cup or bust, and that's not good. So I worry about these teams that only have one weapon. I think the Chiefs can be slowed down a little bit, but I've thought that before and seen it play out the exact opposite way. No, and I don't think anyone's now talking about Tyreek Hill. I mean, I think that ship kind of sailed. And by the way, was he not? Was he in a walking boot after the Jets game? Did you see a report about that? I did see his. I did not read that headline. I saw, you know, things have not been going great the last week or so it's for funny Tyreek that, Hill. Well, the Dolphins were on such a high, yeah. and they were one of the most interesting, and they were kind of like the early favorite for, I don't know, they just had a lot of, like a lot of juice. I don't even know how else to say it. They just had a lot of, you know, lot of buzz, attention. Sure. Yeah. And ever since the Tua injury, it's just been steadily sort of downhill. And it's not that people don't want to root for Teddy Bridgewater or think that he couldn't hold the fort. It's just that when Teddy gets knocked out of the game, it's almost all of a sudden like the Dolphins 
have just become more the face of the concussion sort of scandal this year. Or not scandal, but, uh, you know, lack of accountability or or whatever was going on there. Like, it's be- that's become the season. Yeah. And I wonder if they have enough time to turn it around. Like, do you think Tua is going to play again this year? I I think he might. Because I keep reading these headlines. Tua isn't getting back to football activities, but it implies that he will be. I just worry because Chris Nowinski, the famed concussion expert, told yeah. us that nobody gets three in a year. So he's already had two for sure. Feels very vulnerable. I don't want to see him play. I won't watch that with any joy. Yeah, well, that's like like the interesting thing about it too, right? It's like, can they even bring him back just from a PR standpoint, right? Like, no. would it be so uncomfortable for people to watch Tua out on the field after what we saw? Is this like, is this season just sort of lost for him? Yeah, it could be. By the way, I had a couple takes preseason uh, real quick. I said that Tyreek Hill leaving the Chiefs would not hurt the Chiefs and that he would regret leaving KC. I felt terrible after three weeks of that take. Now I feel good about it. Well, only because the Dolphins quarterback got hurt. Mm, I don't know. I didn't think that. Dol- I thought that Dolphins 3-0 star was a mirage because they should not have beaten the Ravens. Then the other one was that the Packers will not miss Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams will miss the Packers. Now I think the second part of that is true. The first part is not true They definitely yet. missed Devontae. Yeah, but I still think by week 18, he's going to figure out, Aaron Rodgers is going to figure out how to use these receivers. I think it's going to get better. Man, how about uncharacteristic last night? And you wonder, you know why he's so frustrated. He and Hunter Renfro literally ran into each other in the last play of the game. I mean, I cannot, still can't believe that happened. But Devontae Adams, so frustrated, he pushes a photographer as he's headed to the locker room, and that person is now filing charges against him, right? Or looking into it, at least. Let's go to Rich, is in Chicago, wants to talk about the Raiders. Hey, Rich. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, gals. Yep. Hey, look. I'm a born again Maggie fan. You've uh, converted some pals here. In <laughs> nice. Welcome right. to the, the 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 church, the temple, the the mosque of Maggie. All are welcome. Yeah, well, you're gonna get a bigger flock. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. Uh, I'm convinced after watching this game last night that the next, you know, the, the, as you know, the NFL is a, is really kind of a league of copycats, and it happens uh, virtually with everything. Yep. I think the next thing that's going to fall, and my friends all agreed with this, because I thought, well, maybe, uh, you know, I'm being a little too harsh. But after Matt Rule got launched, you've seen what's happened in college. They've already launched five guys. Yep. And it, it only happened after the first guy in season was told to go away, right? And then there's four more. Now there's five, soon to be six. The Auburn guys, he won't last, he won't last the Thursday of this week after what he's been doing there. But here's the thing in the NFL. I, I always had a decent idea of, of about McDaniels when he was with the Patriots. You know, I think there's the Denver curse, you know, because the only guy more dumb than he is is Hackett. <laughs> oh, gosh. You, know, you, got, you got the Denver flu going on. <laughs> and, and I got to say, the thing that shocked me, and it, it's not just because I'm a gambler, and it turned out okay because I did have the Chiefs. I took an in-game bet when they were down 17 to nothing and took points because I knew that the Chiefs would come back and I knew that the Raiders would pull their standard choke. Yeah. Which doing Wait, for Rich, a long so time. you think the the you think that um that now that uh Matt Rule has been fired, it's going to open up the floodgates and that another NFL coach is going to get fired mid-season. I've got 3 on the list. You got 3. I've you, got three. We got 20 seconds. Can you give us your 3 in 20 seconds? Real fast. 
and the, I'm talking in season, all right, yep. not to the end of the year. Uh, McDaniels with the Raiders, Hackett with Denver, who is brain dead. And believe it or not, and I kind of like him, the ex-Bear, Ron Rivera at Washington. Yeah, I think they're all, I think they're all gone. Yeah, Rich, well, thank you so much. You've called it now. We'll see if that actually happens. You know, Ron Rivera had to walk back some of his uh, the comments from yesterday when he was asked why the other NFC East teams have gotten off to a good start, but not Washington. He said the quarterback, he walked that back today. At the end of the day, I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we, I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that, uh, you know, I should know better, and uh, I had a bad day. Me, of all people, should know better, to be honest. I mean, I've been doing this quite some time, and for me not to, to, to finish my thought completely, um, I messed up. And so I just told the guys, that they saw me, and it won't happen. Man, it's hard not to like Ron Rivera. I mean, he did step in it yesterday, but, like, that's a full taking accountability answer that, there. That, 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 that was a non-apology apology. Oh, you think so? <laughs> well, he said, I, I didn't, he didn't say, he, he said, well, I didn't get to give get a chance to give full context to what I was saying. I but he said get, he should know better. He should he know said, he did. He basically, to say it. The, but he said, I didn't give a full way. answer. Get out of here. You threw your quarterback under the bus. Don't say that if you had more context, that wouldn't have been throwing the quarterback <laughs> well, out of the bus. The he, way he said it but, was... He's a defensive guy. He's a Buddy Ryan acolyte. He's yeah. a, all defensive coaches hate their quarterback. It's <laughs> just part of the part of the trade, and that's why NFL teams don't want defensive coaches anymore. I don't know that that walk back seems he clearly hates his quarterback. Well, and poor Carson Wentz. Poor that Carson guy can't get Wentz. a break. They seem to hate him no matter where he goes. Poor Carson Wentz. I mean, we're really feeling bad for this guy. I don't know. I don't yeah. feel bad for well. I think Ron Rivera is is a, is a, a nice and decent yeah. human being. So. If he does get fired, I think you feel bad. But to be honest, like he's been in Washington for some time now and hasn't done much for the franchise. No, it's been tough. Carson, by the way, had the game of his life Sunday too. <laughs> it's funny of all the games are gonna. He, he, yeah, he threw a pick yards. at the end of the game. That's yeah, but I mean, he, he right. was deadly accurate all game. Like he really had a good game. That was not the week you throw out Carson Wentz. It's two weeks ago. <laughs> thank you, Stu Kovacs. Thank you, Jack Stern. Thank you, everybody who participated in the show today. We'll see you tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.